You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers On this episode of Cheesehead Radio, Jordan Love is starting to rewrite the script. While Rashawn Gary is back on the practice field. Very few roster moves ahead of the Seahawks game. And we play another round of Packer Bingo. Four quarters of Packers Talk. Right here on Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. It's once again time for some Packers news, fun, and frivolity here on Cheesehead Radio. Now in our 14th season, talking about our very unhealthy obsession with the Green Bay Packers football team. As usual, our distinguished ghosts tonight are... Guests <laughs> ghosts tonight. Is that a Freudian slip? I don't know. As usual, our distinguished hosts tonight are... C.D. Angeli of Packers Talk, known as Tundra Vision on Twitter and Threads. Kelly Hodgson of Cheesehead Radio, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter, Threads, and Blue Sky. And little old me, Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. Find me on Jersey Al GBP on Twitter and Blue Sky. Please support our longtime friends at Ticket King. Our longtime local Green Bay business and the official sponsors of Cheesehead Radio and all the Packers Talk podcasts. So if you need Packers, Brewers, concert tickets, or whatever, just go to PackersTalk.com and click on the Ticket King logo. That is it for the preliminaries. Let's get this show on the road. Go, Pack, go! All right, well. The Packers didn't get a win in the preseason last week, but if you're really just looking at the first team versus the first team, uh, they seem to have a pretty good showing this week, and our friend Jordan Love not playing too badly. Yeah, he he came along good, especially the third drive. Uh, I thought there were a couple of things that, you know, some minor things I didn't like the first two drives, but uh, he came back out for a third time, which I was hoping that they would do. And it all came together. Yeah, I'm not worried as we're heading towards the regular season. I think he's starting to get some of the kinks out. Um, and he's starting to make to develop that chemistry we were hoping with with some of the receivers. I think what you're seeing around the league, too, suddenly the script is starting to flip. We've had this entire off-season of people predicting sort of a mocking gloom and doom for the Packers because of Jordan Love. And you're starting to get more players on the team, not even on the Packers, analysts are really starting to come around and say, you know, this Jordan Love guy may not be that bad. Uh, Packers might be doing okay. Is is it just a couple drives in the preseason that's kind of flipping that script? Because we're not talking about that other guy nearly as much. I think it's also (laughs) his teammates starting to to sing his accolades. It isn't just like the PR, hey, we got to get behind this new guy. There's definitely a sense of he is our quarterback and there's some energy to it at where I think when Rogers was still phoning it in at the end of his career in green Bay, you didn't see that. Hater. energy. A hater. I know, but seriously, you didn't see that type of energy from his teammates standing behind him. And I would kind of argue that just to say, I think his teammates were in his corner right away. I mean, love inviting his teammates out like yeah. Aaron Jones out to California right away to work out together. I haven't heard a teammate say a bad word about him. And that's but, different. But well, that'll this, never this, happen. But. Right. 
But I mean, it didn't sound insincere either. No, it didn't. It seems very genuine that this is our quarterback. But now he's having some good games. He's had, he's having some good uh, showings out there. Well, here here's the thing. The reason for the sudden swell of approval on Jordan Love, if you want to call it that, is there's now some video evidence that he looks very different than he did in his first year or two, right? And that's all with pertaining to mechanics, you know, and footwork and and getting the ball out quickly and all the things that, you know, all the quarterback gurus love about quarterbacks, he's showing, which maybe he wasn't showing earlier on. So I think that's why you're getting these people coming out now, because, okay, now they have some visual evidence that he looks different than he did before. He definitely looks more poised and confident. And I, I've mentioned this before. And part of it is, is they're finally running the love offense as opposed to Rogers light. This is an offense catered Hater. to his. No, you, when you're going to, you know, he's, if he's not filling in. I'm going to say that every time you mention his name in a negative way. I didn't even. Okay. So, you know, yes, you did. I know this. That was a backhanded slap. <laughs> Rogers no, light. it's. Well, offense was Rogers Al just lettered. Oh my God, Al, zip it. <laughs> But seriously, this is the first year where the offense really was catered to his strengths. And I think it's laughable when you see all the pundits rank every NFC quarterback and rank him dead last. Well, granted, he's kind of an incomplete. We haven't really seen what he's had had to offer in a full season of his own. But I don't think he's going to finish last. I think what we're seeing is very promising. Yes, it's going to be imperfect. It's the preseason. We're still trying to figure out who to surround him with. But I'm a lot more confident than I was a year ago with Love taking snaps under center. Pundits? Who are these pundits? Uh, all over. It's like, let's rank all the quarterbacks. Number 32, Jordan Love. Or if Ooh, it's well, NFC, it's, it's like. It's Mike Florio. No, it wasn't um, Florio. But you know what I mean? It, it, everyone's putting stuff out there, and it's a popular off-season trope, right? Uh, Rodgers is gone. We've got to, you know, Rodgers is in New York. And for some reason, there's this weird war of words that has to take place because nothing else is going on. But now, you know, whatever. Rodgers is out in in New York. He's doing his thing. He's on hard knocks, whatever. This is what's happening. Uh, Alex, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Alec McHugh, Alec McHugh, the backup quarterback. Magoo, like Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo. Had a great quote you yesterday. You just totally right? dated yourself as like being 643 years old there, Al. Okay. okay. Yeah. So? <laughs> so anyway, do I have to separate you two? Anyway, Alex McHugh had match. a really, really good quote yesterday. I get the full chair. That he's been... Um, around a lot of really big quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, uh, and, and he really compared Jordan Love very positively. Now, maybe he's just doing that because, you know, he's on the team and he's got to say it nicely, but he said, no, he's got it. He's got the tools. He's got the things that these guys do. And, and what he specifically mentioned was that he's doing things on the practice field that you don't need to do. I mean, you just need to go out in the practice field. You just make your throws. But he's experimenting. He's pushing boundaries. He's pushing the buttons. And he said, this is what these great quarterbacks that I've played with on other teams do, and this is what Jordan Love does. So, I mean, that, I thought that was a unique perspective from a guy who was, you know, a career backup quarterback. But he said, no, this, this, I've played with crappy quarterbacks and I've played with superstar quarterbacks. Jordan Love's got it. Well, I think that's probably something that, that he saw in his three years behind Rodgers, right? I mean, that's Rodgers was known for 
you know, the only chances he ever takes on the field are always in preseason and trying different things and making throws that normally he wouldn't just to see how it works out. And, you know, I'm sure Love picked up a lot of that from from Rodgers, and it's a good thing. Right. So, you know, I was at the game on Saturday, and it, it was fun watching him, especially, like you said, that third drive where he just seemed to get it all. Yeah, the, the deep ball to Dobbs, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. oh, the crowd! The crowd! Beautiful. The crowd was all over that. Let me tell you, you were like, "No, that's a catch!" <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. But you know, he had a couple where you see him doing some weird things. You know, he he he's trying to fit him into some tight windows sometimes that he probably shouldn't. I think, especially on that first drive, he had a couple good runs, and then all of a sudden it was like, "Whoa, wait, wait, wait! Hang on there, buddy. You're not Aaron Rodgers yet. Let's not uh, try to thread a a needle between two players." Um, but what I love is that his arm just seems to go at any angle he needs it to go to. That's what's kind of neat when you watch him is, and I, I even remember watching when he was, you know, still a backup a year or two ago, that arm doesn't just have to do the same motion. He can sidearm it, you know, bring it from almost any angle to get it where it has to go to. And he does it with pretty good strength. Yeah. I mean, there, there was that one play where, um, he tried to get it to DeGuar, where DeGuar had fall, fell down and then came up. He had somebody in his face right away, and he started to to sidearm it, but brought it back and went over the top. And the reason for that is, in the Cincinnati game, he sidearmed it with a guy all over him, and it was knocked down and you know could have, could have been an interception. And I think he kind of learned his lesson there that there's a time and a place for that, right? And, you know, it's not necessarily when you're under a, a lot of pressure you know, to do that. So uh, it was actually, uh, to me, I, I thought something that, that he learned and I was impressed by that. The fumble, of course, was, you know, the snap. not entirely the snap, the bobbled snap or unsnap. I thought it was a neat explanation that they finally gave for it because, mm-hmm. you know, the, Makes obviously... Sense. He was. They, they thought they came off sides. He pitched it back as fast as he could. Jordan Love wasn't expecting it. Uh, put his arm in there. I saw him do that though live too. Like I'm yeah. gonna go recover that ball. I'm like, no, golden arm. Let someone else do that. At least not with your throwing arm, anyway. Exactly. I yeah, use your other arm. We don't care about that one. Well, what was strange about that though that I found, and I haven't really seen anybody talk about it or explain it, was Love kind of like glanced to his right. Just as the as the ball was snapped, I'd like to know what what and I think that's why he had trouble handling it. I mean, the snap it was it was high, but it was only you know like head height. It wasn't three feet over his head. He really should have been able to catch that, but he was actually looking away as the ball started coming to him, and then looked back, and suddenly here's the ball. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. I'm wondering what he was actually looking at, but anyway. He would, and you would imagine he's going to some coverages, looking out to his left flank. No, but he was looking to the sideline. He, he, his head went completely to the sideline. Huh. Yeah. It's 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 really quick. You know, it's a quick glance and then back. You have to, If you have to kind of look closely to see it. But it is something that I noticed. Anyway. Interesting. Well, believe it or not, there were other players in that game that we probably should talk about. Besides oh. Jimmy Love. No, I'm serious. Oh. Yep. Oh. Uh, Enigbari has been just a, uh, coming in at, at a linebacker. He had two sacks, that fumble recovery. Um, but it's interesting because 
and I can't remember if it was uh, Wes Hodkowitz or, or someone had mentioned on Twitter that uh, Enigbari had said, you know, I'm working on a whole bunch of different moves. I've really been working on my my selection of, of how to get to people. He says, eh, he just basically took that guy and threw him into New Holstein on one of the sacks. That, was, that wasn't some new move. The that first wasn't one. some big strategic thing. It was just, I'm just yeah. going to run you over. The first uh, one, he just kind of yes. long-armed the guy right back exactly. into the quarterback. Yeah, so. But the second one, he, he, he did put a move on on the second one when he was on coming in on the right side. And, uh, you know, I mean, they uh, they were talking to Enigbari. They were asking him about it. And, you know, he, he said, last year I was just bull rush, bull rush, bull rush. And now, knowing I can win with power and knowing how I can set things up off the power, I'm able to win in different ways. So basically, right. he's developing some some precision moves, right? Which is yeah, awesome. He always had the strength, you know. Last year, he's, he's right. He was all bull rush, bull rush, because he's a strong guy. You know, he's not a speed guy. You know, that was one of the knocks against him, and why he fell to where he did in the draft was that you know he didn't have a great 40 time at the combine and wasn't looked at as a speed rusher but you know you can combine some level of speed with power to be effective and i think he's kind of latched onto that and he's learned how to do that that was good to see he's more nimble this year so which makes him less predictable too if you're just going to bull rush everyone knows how to to play against him this throws in an element of the unknown and he becomes harder to uh stop yep well, there's a level of excitement with that too because we haven't exactly been lucky with our defensive draft picks in their second year lately um so yeah if this <laughs> you know if we got some lights turning on here and and like i said this is a new team it's a very competitive team there's definitely a new feeling of i guess post apocalypse maybe that we're we're <laughs> this team is dealing with and you're seeing guys like the Anibari, you know, they're they're really coming in and, and blossoming in their second year. And that's that's great. That's great for, for everyone. And it's not just second year players. First year players are showing up in, in training camp. Can you name one? I think I can. My personal favorite, Malik Heath, undrafted wide receiver. Just makes in, plays. Just comes, makes plays. Just catches the ball, gets open snatches it away from defenders if they're close to him uh physical blocks people into the sideline i mean this guy is making a a real strong push to be one of the top five at least wide receivers i mean if they only pick five he's got to be in there i I think he's definitely making the right i think i think he he could be up to like wide receiver four you know it's between him and and samari torre um, Torre advantage there. I guess he's used more on special teams, but that might change with Heath. Um, Torre has a speed advantage as well, and he was a draft pick, so <laughs> Torre has all that going for him. But, uh, but I don't think the draft pick is is going to be a deciding factor because Heath has really shown what he has to offer, and he's he's really put it all in on this camp to make this squad. I would be very surprised if he isn't on the active roster and be kind of disappointed if he makes just the practice roster or the, the, the practice team. He has really put the work in. He's consistent. He just balls out when he's on the field. And I wonder if they ever, you know, were to utilize them on special teams and if he would make an impact there too. Yeah. I mean, that's you know kind of what I was saying is I think he has shown to be their fourth best wide receiver, regardless of, of anybody else or, or what other people have done, I, I think he's he's there. Um, 
Now, I do think that the Packers do give extra credit to draft picks. We saw last year, and they picked, they select, they kept all, what was it, 13, I think, draft picks on the roster, uh, including all their seventh rounders. So I think that does count in Tari's favor, but I think they've got to keep both of them at least. So. Any other rookies, uh, Al, that you are impressed with? Yeah, the, the two defensive linemen, right? Wooden yes. and Brooks. I mean, they're, they're just in every practice. You see their name mentioned in the games. You see their name mentioned. They, they both came up with a bunch of tackles. Brooks had a couple of pressures. He didn't get any sacks, but he's always around the quarterback, you know, creating havoc. Uh, Wooden has been solid all around against the run and showing some pass rush. You know, these guys are, are doing a lot more as or showing a lot more as rookies as than their first round draft pick of the year before Devontae Wyatt did when he was a rookie. And it's possible they might be showing more than him right now as well. So because you haven't heard a lot about Wyatt. So now he's kind of faded into the woodwork. It's pretty interesting. Uh, these guys have really shown out. And, of course, I'll finish off with my man, Sean Clifford. Your um, man. He's yours. I like him, man. He, you know, he's, <laughs> he's not going to have the big arm, but I'm pretty excited that here's a guy that I think will be able to enter a game as a backup uh, if if needed to be called on. He's really – he just pushes things. There's I don't want to say there's a farness to him, but he sure is willing to take risks. And this is a, a – an older rookie, 25 years old, with a pretty powerful program. He He's not giving any Fs whatsoever. I mean, he's just taking that ball, chucking it downfield. He throws an interception, he throws an interception. Uh, but he's he's learning on there, and he, he had another great game uh, last week. No doubt. He's, he's not afraid to throw the ball, you know, to where it needs to be. And that means he might, might make a few mistakes along the way, but, you know, he's he's got that tag now of being quote unquote a gamer right and sometimes that's a positive thing other times that's looked at as a negative thing it's like a backhanded slap that you're not a good quarterback you're right i don't think that's necessarily the case here with sean clifford i think he's a gamer and i think he's got enough quarterback skills to be a very good backup quarterback to jordan love and who knows maybe one day He'll uh, he'll move on to another team and and be able to you know to be a starter. But yeah, the Packers have done a good job with this draft, boy. Let me tell you, at least on first pass, right? They actually picked wide receivers too. Go figure. Anyway, uh, let's uh, end the first quarter there. Let's move on to the second quarter and some of our our big news of the day. Uh, Rashawn Gary. Whose uh, first re- name you cannot spell? True. Rashawn Gary has returned to practice. Uh, he was on the pup list, and that's kind of a big deal because if you are still on the pup list, when you have that final 53, you missed the first four games of the season. Uh, Gary's back, which means hopefully he's ready to go uh, week one, but if not, they're at least saying they think he'll be ready within the first four weeks. So uh, what do you think about that uh, coming back from that injury? I honestly uh, think he's further further along than uh, Bakhtiari is because they are – really putting him out there with the media where kind of like they kind of slid back to Ari and it'll be interesting to see how many reps he gets, how often he's in practice. Are they going to guard him like they are back to Ari or are they going to let him go all out? Well, to that end, uh, he did join 11 on 11 drills this year, the full, full team drills. 
uh, not this year, this this week, sorry, uh, for the first time. It's still this year, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, have to be anyway. specific. Um, it, it's kind of amazing that he came off a pup, the pup list almost nine months from the day of when he got it, when he got injured, uh, which is kind of amazing for, you know, a man his size. Um, but he took team reps on Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, so he's actually working on drills with the full team. Uh, LaFleur was ecstatic, you know, it's great to see him out there. Uh, you can feel the explosiveness, his speed and his power, LaFleur said, and uh, a little practice tidbit in today's practice, Gary beat our favorite offensive lineman, Zach Tom, with a speed move outside. Uh, according to the description, he just ran past Tom, who ended up on the ground. Gary stood where the quarterback would have been, pounding his chest. So I think Gary is feeling pretty good. <laughs> I don't know Same about game back. one. I, I think they'll probably give him some snaps game one, you know, but you know the Packers will be will be very careful and they'll work him in, you know, get him up to speed a little bit more every week. Uh, but it's looking very promising, got to say. Well, and Gary brings such an element to that defensive rush. He really does. He just really grew and was so dynamic that first half of the season last year. And I think you saw the difference on defense when he was out. Um, yeah, having him back, <laughs> you want to have faith in this defense. He's a big part of it. Um, on a, I guess, sadder note, uh, speaking of which, uh, Matt LaFleur was asked yesterday during his press conference about Eric Stokes. Uh, I believe he had a foot fracture uh, last year. I think it was multiple injuries. He had exactly. two, two injuries, right? So, But uh, when asked directly, uh, do you think you're going to take Eric Stokes off the pup list prior to the final 53, which I think is on the 29th, uh, he declined to make any projections. Uh, so, as I said, Rashawn Gary coming back, they're hoping to probably have him ready within the first four weeks, if not right away. But it looks like Eric Stokes might be a little more on the horizon unless there's something amazing happens in the next, what, four or five days. Yeah, I think the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? But I, I think Carrington Valentine, you know, the show, him showing up and playing the way he has, has kind of made it a little easier for the Packers not to push Stokes, you know, any any harder than they have to, and you know, to to rush to get him back for the beginning of the season. So, I, I definitely expect him to stay on on pup uh, for the beginning of the season, and then, you know, they'll take it from there and hopefully work him in later on. I think the last thing they want to do is really kind of flare up a hot foot that's healing. Um, so I think having Valentine and and even some looking at some of the roster moves. I think they're anticipating Stokes staying on the pup list if you look at the roster moves, even though it's not as much of an impact player. But reading the tea leaves, I don't think he's coming back soon. And the Packers have been really trying to work uh, Corey Ballantyne into, you know, some of the first and second team rotations and practices, too. Uh, You're not likely to make the team, but... You know, they, I think they just like that whole Valentine, Valentine thing, uh, which I think would be kind of cool. And confusing. True. <laughs> so that'll take us to the end of the second quarter, and that'll take us to halftime. We're going to step in the locker room, so please enjoy this message. Our sponsor. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? Yeah. If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Oh, yeah. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. 
Just go to their website, do it. TheTicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. All right, welcome back. It is Cheesehead Radio. My name is C.D. Angeli, and I am flanked, flanked by Kelly Hodgson Klein on one side, Jersey Al Bracco on the other. Oh, it was a great game against the uh, <clears throat> against the Patriots last week. We're now looking at the Seahawks for the final uh, preseason battle uh, that will be played at Lambeau Field, I think, at noon on Saturday. And that, of course, leads us, as previously mentioned, to the 29th and the final 53-man cuts. What's going on with some of these roster moves? What are we seeing out there? I think it's it's quite telling, and I think that this is an indication that if our backups are moving into starting positions, we need backups to the backups. Um, Packers signed today, rookie out of Louisiana Tech, Elijah Hamilton, who did a brief stint in Miami. Don't know how good he is. He's kind of a blank slate. Um, but that tells me we're looking for possible backups right now. Um, and they also waived, injured, and we kind of knew this was coming, uh, center and guard Jake Hansen. And in addition, we signed Marvin Pierce. He was an undrafted rookie from Kent State, and he had some pretty good statistics. He played in 21 and 22. He played 25 games. He had 149 tackles, 11 of those for a loss. He's had two and a half sacks, an interception, and two forced fumbles. Hmm. Now, Elijah Hamilton, interesting note here, is the son of a former Packer. Did anybody know that? No. No. Okay. Who, who, who was his father is the question. I mean, I have the answer in front of me, but oh, you, obviously guys, do. you guys have no choice, no guesses, right? In 1994, the Green Bay Packers used a six-round draft pick on Tulane linebacker Ruffin Hamilton. Everybody remembers him, right? <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. I, I think he's one of he's one of the que- answers in a trivia today. I'm being oh, honest. okay. Well, then I got I get the letter already because I know it. Um, <laughs> no, you do not get points for that. Oh my God, party foul. <laughs> um, and evidently his uh, his father was his specialty. His father's specialty was special teams which Hamilton also evidently is something that he's very good at from what I'm reading here. So that's just an interesting little tidbit. Don't know much else about him. Uh, Ruffin Hamilton played one year for the Packers and three years for the Falcons. And now the Packers have signed his son. So there we go. Very cool. And then finally, uh, tight end Tyler Davis was officially placed on IR on Monday for his torn ACL. Again, not a surprise. Uh, we're definitely going to miss him. He's had previously had 873 snaps on special teams, so he's going to be leave, leaving a big gap in teams. What is interesting is that the Packers haven't gone out and brought in another tight end. Right? That really it, does surprise me. Right? It, it's been over a week since Davis got hurt. Uh, knowing how much they like tight ends uh, and how they usually like to have four on the roster, I find that kind of interesting, unless they're thinking of keeping a third running back instead of the tight end, uh, like Patrick Taylor, because he contributes so much on special teams. But I I do still find it uh, rather interesting and surprising. One thing that I found quite entertaining at the game last week was watching the return of the fullback. Um, having Josiah Degara back there. Uh, and I remember pointing it out to my son and kind of saying, watch him, watch him. I, I said, they haven't had a, a true fullback back there in years. And and, why, and, he, and he's doing okay. I think he's uh, 
kind of some reports from uh, training camps that he's still having a little trouble blocking. And I think I've just noticed even on some of the plays he's been in, especially when Love is back there, he's kind of stumbled sometimes coming out for his routes. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm excited to see if that happens. So talking about tight ends, Degara is still there in that sort of H-back tight end role too. Yeah, he's the third, the right. third tight end. So I'd ex- usually I'd expect them to keep four, which which they have done over the last few years. But maybe and maybe waiting for waivers too. Yeah, that's that's very true. What's out there right now might not be enticing, so time will tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting, kind of looking at, uh, and I think still one of the battles we're gonna have to watch is gonna be how they're gonna line up those safeties back there. I know that. Uh, Savage dropped out uh, today. Jonathan Owens went in for him. And of course, they've had Rudy Ford playing next to him. So they're still really working with shuffling those safeties in and out there. So I think that's what's kind of going to be even even though we're going to be watching Jordan Love. I think that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on, uh, I think, in this particular game, especially if Rizul Douglas would end up spending any time back there. uh, But not that I've really seen it much so far. Which he's not. Right. He he was just trolling everybody with the on the starting safety thing. <laughs> well, I, th- I I still believe him. He would never lie to me. Uh, okay, Mister Naive Packers fan. That's me. Quote <laughs> <laughs> Judy Tanuna. It could happen. There you go. No, it was this was actually talked about this week, and uh, somebody somebody um, I don't remember who it was. If Lafleur said was, was asked or something, and. Somehow it was determined that this is really not a real thing. And Razul afterwards afterwards quoted the, the tweet and said, well, I guess my trolling days are over. So it was all Razul just having a little fun. But one, one person you didn't mention, I think the dark horse here is Anthony Johnson. Yes. I mean, the, the kid, he looks like he looks very active out there on the deep balls. It seems like he's always showing up you know, as the safety to come over and contest any deep ball that's thrown anywhere on the field. And that's not something that, you know, really seen a lot from Packers safeties, you know. A lot of times the cornerbacks are kind of out there on an island and and the safeties seem to be late to come over to help. But this guy Johnson seems to really kind of anticipate where the ball's going and get there and, and is making plays. So, yeah, he might earn himself a little playing time over the season. He was the, what was he, the sixth-round draft pick, seventh round? Se- um, Lower seventh. Down no, seventh. Yeah, seventh. Yeah. He was a guy that I remember was looking at, I think, in the fourth round. Like, ooh, maybe they're going to get him. And, like, he kept falling and falling and falling, and then they yeah. finally picked him up. M- much uh, like so. Rasheed Walker. Exactly. He was another uh, player who was supposed to be third, fourth-round type and ended up going into seven to the Packers. So kudos to the Packers for finding these guys and being patient. Yeah. (laughs) And not overpaying. Exactly. (laughs) If you're going to take a flyer on a guy who probably has some flags, uh, sure. Get him in the seventh round and yeah. Back. All right. That'll take us to the end of the third quarter. And it is now time. Everybody's favorite. Hold on to your butts. Everybody. The moment we've all been waiting for time for some Packers. Bingo. There was a guy who hawked the ball and Jair was his name. O-J-A-I-E-R-J-A-I-E-R-J-A-I-E-R. Watch him do the radio. It is time for Jair Bingo. You're going to be given questions based on the five letters of his name. 
All the answers will begin with one of those five letters. Once you shout out the answer correctly, you get that letter. It will not be used again. You got three seconds before we move on. The game is over when all five letters have been awarded or three questions have been asked for each letter. You get one guess per uh, question. Are you guys ready to go? So ready. Here we go. Question number one. This one-year offensive lineman for the Packers in 1993 was voted to the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team. Only person I can think of is Aaron Taylor. No. Okay. Last names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last names. Again, last names. Tunch Ilkin. Just trying to help you here. Next one. This Packers Hall of Famer was literally a cousin of the OK Corral's Wyatt Earp. Time's up. That was an E. Jug Earp. Well, I was trying to think of a name, but I never would have said Jug. (laughs) I was just going to say, like, Tony Earp or something. (laughs) Mr. Earp. (laughs) There you go. Next one. This infamous Uh, Packer quarterback was not only the inspiration for Keanu Reeves' character in The Replacements, he served as a consultant during filming. I should have given it away. You're going to be very embarrassed. T.J. Rubley. Infamous. Infamous, Packers quarterback. This former safety was cut by Mike Sherman in 2001 for repeated mental lapses on special teams and then clashing publicly with the coach about it. Oh, Chris Akins. This player was fined $1,000 for buying a hot dog from a Lambeau Field vendor and eating it on the bench during the fourth quarter of a preseason game in 1980. Time is up. It was Ezra Johnson. Johnson. There you go. All right, we made it through the first four, the first round of the five letters. No one got a letter yet. Let's Big zero. 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 Now they get a little bit easier. Here we go. This Lombardi-era defensive lineman and Packers Hall of Famers post-career life was derailed by paranoia schizophrenia. Oh, Lionel Aldridge. Schizophrenia? Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, next one. You guys got to get one here soon. Ron Wolf famously said he didn't expect any players to stay long on the roster from the Infante era. Leroy Butler and this offensive tackle were the only holdovers to make it to 1996. Aaron Timmerman. Aaron Timmerman is incorrect. Last name. (laughs) Jesus. Almighty. Time is up. Ken Rutgers. Even though though his first and middle initials would give him the nickname K.O., this present-day Packer linebacker's nickname is JJ. Enigbari. Very good. He is off the board. This wide receiver for the Packers in 1995 played quarterback in high school with Andre Risen as his running back. Only played for the Packers in 1995. Time is up. Mark Ingram. Here we go. 
This defensive lineman ended up suspended for the Packers' Super Bowl winning season in 2010 due to his purple drink related drug charges. Jolly. Yes, Johnny Jolly is correct. It is one to one. We go to the easy question round. Here we go. <laughs> Can we just jump to that in the future? <laughs> uh, he has to torture us. Here we go. The first round running back in 1979 ended up tearing his ACL and became addicted to drugs, but had a shining season in the magical strike-shortened season of 1982. I'm just going to say Ivory, because that's the only person that comes to mind. You are correct, Eddie. Yes! Ivory. And Good job. Good job. Two to one. Two to one for Kelly. This is now time for your comeback. Ready, Al? Oh, yeah. Equipment manager Red Batty refused to give any player a number 59 jersey until finally he gave it to Wayne Simmons because of his admiration of the previous guy who wore it. Anderson. Is correct. John Anderson. Nice. 3-1 for Kelly. Last question and a little bit of uh, hopefully some pride for Mr. Bracco. This guard made his first Pro Bowl in 2002 despite playing the entire season with two torn MCLs. Um, it's right there. Oh, oh, Marco Rivera. Marco Rivera is correct. I still win. I still win. And somehow or another... Kelly wins three to two. <laughs> Despite <laughs> not understanding the game. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how I put the rules in bold letters and italics and you know <laughs> Kelly, please read these. And then we still need to tell her twice. <laughs> but I knew it when it counted. So nana. <laughs> Congratulations, Kelly. Good job to both of you. Especially no, on those first 10 questions that you blanked on. <laughs> I don't ever want to do this again. Okay, well. <laughs> so join us next week when we don't have Al and Kelly playing bingo. Maybe we'll have some guests on the show to do it. Are you interested? Hit me up, yo. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio on our 14th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can listen to several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Threads, Blue Sky, and anywhere else on social media where we may hang out. Uh, Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the pod, show us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, Play Packers Talk Podcast. Finally, please be sure to support our sponsor, Ticket King, for all your ticket needs. You can find them at PackersTalk.com slash tickets for details. It's a noon game. It almost feels like the real season this week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. We're here to break down the final 53 with you next week. Go Pack Go.
course. Because you know, it was delayed I, with me. I came in first, and it was you, obviously You did a delay. not come in first. Listen to the recording. For me, it was a delay. Okay, but you have to remember. This isn't about you. We're all delayed, so <laughs> both of you saying something to each other is going to be delayed, but I receive your signals at the same moment. There you go. <laughs> Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> Are we recording blew yet? my mind. <laughs> Al, do you have water? I do not. <laughs> of course not. This is part of the routine. Oh, gosh.